0: In so many missing person cases, there are two theories, foul play, or that they ran away on their own. That's the same two theories in this case, but this one's a little bit different, because there was a situation where foul play may have happened, but he also had a history of running away on his own, In the last thing that he bought at a gas station, well, That's what really keeps this investigation going back and forth between these two options. I'm your host, Coy, and this is the story of Robert Hoagland. Robert Hoagland, who was called Hoagie by his close friends and family, was born in 1963. Robert and his wife, Lori, met when they were in their early 20s at the Culinary Institute of America, where they both trained to be professional chefs. They graduated, had their first son, and then got married. Then two more kids came along. After years of working in the restaurant business as a professional chef, Robert made a sudden change. He loved his job and the line of work he was in, but he loved his family more. And with working crazy and sometimes unpredictable restaurant hours, he missed out on a lot of family time. In 2001, Robert became a real estate appraiser, which was a more flexible career for him. From that point on, he never missed a single soccer game or school recital that one of his kids were in. By 2012, Robert picked up another part-time job working as a clerk at a law firm for one of his friends to bring in a little bit extra money. In late July of 2013, Lori left the country for a trip with one of her best friends, which left Robert and his middle son, Max, home alone with each other. While Lori was gone, she and Robert communicated daily through email. On Sunday, July 28th, the day before Lori was supposed to return home, she sent him an email just to confirm that he was going to pick her up from the airport, but he never responded to that email. That Monday afternoon, Lori arrived at the airport. She looked around, tried to dial Robert's cell phone. There's no answer. She waited and waited. Two hours passed with no sign of Robert. She then called his boss, who confirmed that he didn't even show up for work that day. His boss also tried to call his phone and was unable to reach him. Lori ended up taking a taxi to a family member's house. She then started reaching out to all of their family or friends. At first, she thought that maybe he had his dates mixed up and he took a fishing trip with one of his friends. But after each phone call, she learned that Robert wasn't with any of their friends or family. Each phone call, her fear and worry grew more and more. Around 7 at night that Monday, after reaching out to everyone that she could think of, Lori made the phone call to the Newton Police Department and reported Robert as a missing person. After reporting him missing, the police department issued a be on the lookout bulletin for Robert and his car. Around 9 that night, an officer with a nearby police department located Robert's car. It was parked in a rundown area of Bridgeport, Connecticut that was known as a high crime and drug area. The officer identified the driver of the car as Robert's son, Max. Max did have a drug addiction that he had been battling. A year earlier, he was arrested for shoplifting. It was believed that he was trying to steal items to sell to make money for drugs. After the arrest, he moved in with his grandma, but things were too difficult for her to deal with. So just a few months earlier, Max moved back in with Robert and Lori. They were both very concerned for his health and wanted to give him support and help him. When questioned, Max said that he didn't know where his dad was. He said that he borrowed the car keys from Robert early on Sunday. When he left, Robert was mowing the grass. He didn't return home until in the evening and Robert wasn't at the house whenever he returned. Max said that when he left that Monday morning, Robert still wasn't home. He tried to call Robert multiple times, but he was never able to reach him. Max did end up telling the officer that he was in fact in the area to try and buy drugs. The officer ended up arresting Max for trespassing. Now, this was a whirlwind of a day for Lori. She was just on vacation with her friend. She left home, everything was normal. Now her first day back, her husband is missing and her son is arrested. The next day, investigators walked through the house with Lori to see if anything was out of place or missing. The shoes that he normally wore were in the house where he normally kept them. His cell phone was in the bedroom. His sneakers and lawnmower that he was using when Mac saw him, they were put away in the garage. His daily medications were also in the house. There were no signs of foul play or a struggle inside the house. And anything that Robert normally would have had with him was still in the house. In just about every missing person's case, unless there's clear evidence up front that it's foul play, one of the theories is always that the person could have just decided to walk away from their life. Maybe they were stressed or having a hard time dealing with something. In this case is no different. It was definitely a theory that came up. While disappearing and starting a new life may seem pretty complicated and might take a lot of planning, it seemed possible here. Mostly because Robert had done it before. How would you like to save a couple of hours each week? Grocery shopping takes time, and time is something that we are always trying to get more of. That's where Instacart comes in. With Instacart, you can spend that extra time catching up on other things like the gym, reading a book, or listening to a podcast while you're reading a book at the gym. Instacart also uses its technology to highlight deals to help save you money. The shoppers pick the freshest produce, and they even keep your eggs safe. Instacart delivers to your door in as fast as one hour you use the link in the show notes it helps support this show and it lets Instacart know that I sent you and you will get a free delivery on your first order of over $35 and now back to the show in 1994 Robert and Lori moved their family to California it was a little harder for Robert and Lori to find a job than they expected it to be and they began to have some financial troubles. Robert was finally able to get a job at a country club as a chef and worked there for several weeks. One morning, Robert left for work early. He told Lori that he had a lot of functions going on at the country club that day, and that he would probably be getting home pretty late, so not to wait up for him. But Robert didn't come back that night, or the next day. Lori learned that he had actually been let go from his job two days prior. Three weeks went by and then Robert returned. Robert ended up saying that he felt shameful, stressed, and he just felt like he let his family down. He really hit rock bottom and he didn't know what to do. He was trying to find something to where he could make some money and send it back to his family. During that time, Robert used his credit card and even his vehicle, so he really wasn't doing much to try and stay hidden. So it was believed that the true story was that he felt bad about not being able to support his family and he was just trying to find a way to send some money back to them. Now, back to his disappearance in 2013. Investigators went back to use his credit card history to try and track where he may have been. The day that he disappeared, Robert used his credit card at a bagel shop that he normally visited. He then went to a local gas station where he purchased a map of the eastern United States. Now this map really makes things seem suspicious and further adds to the theory that he may have ran away on his own, but there was also more to that than what it seemed. Many of Robert's friends and family members said that he collected maps. His car was full of them. He never used a GPS and almost always used a map wherever he was going. He had also recently started talking about taking a trip with Max, so that could be another reason for him purchasing this map. Robert also kept a supply of cash on hand locked away in a safe. Lori checked the safe, and the few thousand dollars that was supposed to be there, well, it was still there. So if he did decide to run away, he did it without the cash supply that he did have access to. As the investigation progressed, Max told investigators about a confrontation that Robert had with a couple of guys at an abandoned factory just a few days before Robert disappeared. Robert locked up two laptops in the car in their garage to keep Max from stealing them. Max ended up taking the car, and according to Max, while he was in this high-crime area of Bridgeport, he noticed the computers were in the car he didn't want to leave them in the car while he was in this abandoned building to meet some associates, so he took the computers inside the abandoned building and he hid them somewhere in there. Then when he went to leave, the computers weren't where he hid them. All I'm going to really say about this is, seems like a very odd story, but Max told Robert about this. They then both went back to this abandoned building where Robert confronted the two men about the computers. The two guys denied knowing anything about this. While Robert confronted the guys, he had a lead pipe in his hand, which he even told Lori about this in an email. One theory was that Robert went back to the abandoned building with Max the day before Lori came back. He told Max not to go inside with him, and then he went in and confronted the guys to try and get the computers back one last time before Lori returned home. Something bad happened, and Robert didn't make it out. Investigators went and found the two guys and questioned them. They, of course, denied anything involving the computers or Robert. One of the guys even had a vehicle, so they used a forensics team to process the vehicle, and there's no evidence that Robert had ever been inside that vehicle, either dead or alive. Cadaver dogs were brought to search the building in even a three-mile radius around Robert's house. The dogs did not alert to anything during the search. Investigators then asked Max to take a polygraph, which he did, and he passed without showing any signs of deception. Investigators then asked him to write a statement. The statement was then sent to the FBI, where they had a handwriting expert review it. I don't know exactly how that works, but based on the way that he wrote the statement, the FBI concluded that he was also writing the truth. After investigators searched Robert's work computer, they learned that he had searched an address in Rhode Island multiple times. They couldn't figure out why, and it didn't seem to be work-related. They went to the address, but they weren't able to connect anything or anyone there to Robert. But they decided to try doing additional press releases in the media around Rhode Island. In September 2013, just a few months after he went missing, someone reported that they saw someone who looked like Robert walking along the highway in Rhode Island. Investigators were never able to verify this or discredit this tip. And this is going to bring us to a conclusion of this episode. As of 2022, Robert is still missing. This is a case that has really drawn a lot of different theories. There are things that could lead to Robert deciding to disappear on his own, but there are also things that could support that he may have been met with foul play. Let me know what you think, either on Instagram or Facebook. And thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great day.